here we go once again deep from the 305 from the swamps of south florida saturday night lit with captain brunch and your host chimp how's the internet doing tonight everyone keeping warm <laughs> yeah i'm sweating i turn off the light and i'm still sweating what the fuck don't know what to tell you, man. You're like, you're cheaping out on your AC. What's going on here? Not even drinking. Well, I stopped drinking. So, I don't know. What do you mean by you stopped drinking? I told you I finished that bottle of wine. Like you said you <laughs> finished it earlier, right? Yeah. What? Okay, so you mean... Like you... <laughs> three hours ago? Okay, so yeah, that's what you mean by you stopped. Like, you, you didn't like quit drinking. You just... No. You just ran out of booze or something. There's still a beer there, but I'll probably hold off. It was actually the the wine recommended by um, Mr. Curry, the Bordeaux Superior. Well, it wasn't recommended by him. It was recommended by a producer, and then they discussed it on the show because it was seven bucks at Costco. And I mean, I talked about it, right? Like I went to Costco and I bought two cases of it. Two? You told me one. Now it's two. <laughs> I bought twenty four. Oh god, <laughs> about twenty four of them. I think it was twelve per case. And then you. Uh... You had a dinner party and you brought out the wine and what was the result? <laughs> yeah, remember, I mean, it was like I had guests over and one of them was like, oh, this tastes metallic. And then it's just whatever. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> we already talked about that. How you doing, Shimp? Good. Just adjusting to a new job. Um, since I'm starting halfway through the month, I have a lot of shit to get done. So I've just been focusing on that. But other than that, pretty good. I had a little jam session earlier with... Marcus, I didn't realize that one of the um, rubber feet on the on the bass drum is missing, and the end is very pointy. Oh man! So it's like stabbing your floor. Yeah, right through the fucking <laughs> hardwood floor. I'm like, oh god, it's starting I, already. <laughs> I figured it would be your dogs, but it was the drums that's gonna kill your floor. Okay, one or the others, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm also uh, you know maintaining my adjustment to the new job. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but it happened again a few times this week where they put me on a job by myself and I kind of start to like freak out because I'm like, oh shit, what if I do something wrong? What if I, what if I set this yacht on fire and like I burn the, the marina down or something? Um, so that's kind of, it's interesting, but uh, you know, all I, all I do is I just do what I can. And then when I reach the point that I can't progress anymore, I just go to my supervisor and like, yeah, man, I do what I can. Okay, hold on, hold on. So what are you going to do if you burn the marina down? Are you going to just swim I'm for it? I'm not going to burn the marina down. I'm just, like, I'm not going to do anything that's likely to burn the marina down in general. You know, I did shock myself a little bit yesterday, though. <laughs> or not yesterday. It was, was it? Yeah, I think maybe it was yesterday. Wiring an AC panel and my, my finger just touched the wrong thing. <laughs> uh. It wasn't a big deal. It was just a little, bzz. it was just a, a tiny little bzz in my finger and that was it. It was, it was a nice little wake up call, you know, like, Hey, you're alive. And you then, wear like rubber shoes or something mm, or a specific no, kind of shoe? No, I'm not really doing anything crazy. Uh, yet. Yeah. Yet. Um, and something interesting happened because, you know, before I got hired, they told me that there was 28 people who worked out of this location, but I hadn't seen 28 people. And then suddenly on Wednesday, a whole bunch of people showed up that I'd never seen before. Apparently, they were all in Mexico working on a yacht. <laughs> cool. So, you know, I hope that's in my future. 
uh, going to places like Mexico to work on yachts. Uh, the Bahamas would be nice, you know. As long as they're paying the fill. Oh, yeah, they are. They Everything's, you know, yeah. Um, and there was something interesting, uh, you know, like at this new job, I'm, I'm definitely around people who understand boats a lot better than at my last job. At my last job, most of the people, it seemed, they kind of just knew their thing. Like they knew you know, what their department was. Like if they were in plumbing, they knew about what they were doing, but they didn't necessarily know about the boat in general. Got it. Whereas now it seems like the people know about the boat in general. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's also a little confusing because, you know, I used to be explaining everything to everyone. I say that somewhat hyperbolically. And now it's nice. People are explaining things to me. Keep moving around. I'm fixing your gate. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I didn't uh, think too much about my position, uh, but you weren't being sarcastic, right? Like you want me uh, to keep yeah, moving around because so, I am <laughs> going to keep moving around. There's no, there's no choice. There's no choice in, in the matter. <laughs> I think we're good. Okay, cool. So I got a cough. <coughs> <coughs> hey. I was choking on my own spit there. <laughs> so, you know, I had set this goal for this year of trying to write 52 essays for Bitcoin Brunch. And at this point, I think I've done two. Oh my God. <laughs> so I got, I got the rest of the year to write 50 essays and to present them so that I can then work on like a book of a hundred essays that I, you know, so I, cause if, if I'll, if, so at this point I've got 50 essays, so I have to do 50 more to achieve the hundred. Right. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to, I mean, I'm not like too worried about it, but I better pick up the pace soon. If anyone has any advice, you know, I don't know. You could tell me. I well, suppose. where'd you get? The, I mean, before I guess you were getting a lot of your inspiration from at least half the essays were about crypto winter. <laughs> I'm gonna say half the essays. Impending doom. I mean, generally, I write about things that Blood are on the streets that we're d discussing at Bitcoin brunch, and I, I, maybe lately I've just been so preoccupied with like the rest of my life. I don't know. With like my career, I know I was really. That's weird that this the noise gate's a little off. Um, <laughs> you move. Yeah, <laughs> like I was really stressed out for a long time about my job and not being happy about my job and not getting good offers and the whole thing was kind of depressing. So, like I kind of feel like I've gotten past that, but now I'm like in a whole other stage of anxiety because I've got this new job and I'm the new guy and I'm not like as competent as I want to be. Uh, but you know, hopefully with time I will regain my confidence, but I am working on something for tomorrow. So, you know, that's at least three out of 52. <laughs> so the Bitcoin conference is coming up in a few months and they're having this thing called the Bitcoin games. Did, did I talk to you about that already? Yes, but you have to have a ticket to participate. All right. So in that regards, because to continue that conversation, but to not repeat it, uh, you know, so a bunch of the people who come to Bitcoin Brunch are not going or are not planning to buy tickets. And so I don't know, like, I'm wondering, should I even go? Like, I still haven't asked for the days off. Yay, <laughs> yes. I already bought my ticket, which is the, Scalp but I could just sell it. it. Yeah, I'm not working. I could just sell it. The day before, and, but sell it for Bitcoin. So it's like you're. Yeah, I've already paid for it. So I might as well sell it for Bitcoin. That's usually what I do when I like do things with Bitcoin people. 
but then I don't know, like there's going to be all these people in town and I, I, I mean, I kind of want to be free though. So I really should ask for the days off. I have to commit to asking for that Thursday and Friday off. Just go to the parties. Yeah, for sure. But even to go to the parties, right? Like I'll have to have some days off so that I'm not dead at work or going to work drunk or something like that. I don't plan to drink that much. I don't drink very much. But when, when I do, you're here. <laughs> we're not drinking tonight. And I don't think I did I drink last week. Yeah. You didn't even finish the rum. That's true. The waste. You know, you know what we need? We need we need boostograms and we need people to send us alcohol. I've been thinking about getting a P.O. box. Not for any reason in particular. It's not like anyone sends me anything. But they can. But they could. <laughs> and so if I had a place for them to send it, that would be great. So I don't know. I might get a P.O. box. You know, uh, if you're listening to this on a modern podcast app, and if you don't know what a modern podcast app is, then you need to go to podcastapps.com. And there you can find out what a modern podcast app is. So anyways, yeah. So if you're listening to us on a modern podcast app, then you should send us a boostagram and tell me what you think about that thing. Uh, and also tell us what the good parties are going to be, like what you want to go to, what you don't want to go to. I mean, I go to the conference and then I never attend any of the sessions. I just hang out in the hall <laughs> and talk to people the whole time, just have conversations. Like I have no interest whatsoever in like sitting in a room quietly for an hour yeah, you like to listen to yourself talk, not listen to others talk. I like to listen to others talk, but I could do that by myself in my bedroom. I don't need to do that like in in a in public with other people. That seems pointless. Oh wait, breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Pokestats.com sale upcoming February twenty seventh. Gotta inscribe them all. Pokestats.com for more details. Stay safe, kids. Did you say that was Pokestats.com? It says Pokestats.com. That is a boostogram from Professor Ack. <laughs> Professor Ack. Boosting thir uh, 1337 Leet Thank you, Professor Ack. I appreciate your support. Um, you know, I hope you and, and what was it? It was hash, um, <laughs> hash ketchup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hash sketchum. Oh, hash, hash sketchy. So th thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, like we, we love the support. And we're excited about PokeSats. So 151 PokeSats are going to be minted to the Bitcoin blockchain, which some would call this an attack. Some would call <laughs> this a terrorist attack. So Professor Ack, I'm wondering, how do you feel being labeled a terrorist? And do you think that's going to increase the value of the PokeSats? That's all, <laughs> you know, because that's what I'm curious about. Like, you know, is that a different marketing angle? Like these are terrorist poke sets. But they're, they're cute little terrorists. That's the important I know, part. right? I mean, it's uh, pretty soon they're going to be droning these poke sets. So anything can happen. It's like those little Ewoks. These are exciting times. <laughs> when did you say that the, the, you know, we might as well market this as much as we can. <laughs> <laughs> the next. February 27th, was it? Yes. So February 27th, isn't that the last day of the month? No, it's 28th. <laughs> So pretty close. So, you know, get get ready. That's that's um, nine days from now. Pokesats. Hey, actually, it's this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So I wonder if Ash Sketchum is doing anything Ooh. for Ash Wednesday. Ooh. Marketing, marketing opportunity right there. So speaking of... We'll give you that one for free. <laughs> speaking of Bitcoin stuff. So, you know, I, I bought these... I bought a print from 
Bitcoin Apex, who's an artist from Germany. And he also sent me because of like there was a special going on where if you spent more than a hundred bucks, you'd get an extra print on canvas. That wasn't numbered. It was just like an extra print. Like, hey, whereas the one that I bought was numbered, like one of 21. Ooh. Which, you know, it's, it's like that's the whole thing in and of itself. I bought a piece of paper that has ink on it. And then it came with another piece of paper. I suppose I bought that as well that also has ink on it. But the ink on this second piece of paper says that the ink on the first piece of paper is exclusively one of 21. <laughs> it's... um. You know, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. I I wanted to support the artist, right? Like that's really my intention. It's it's sort of a novelty that in supporting the artist, I have this artifact now <laughs> that, you know, to me is like, it's an NFT, right? Like I've got a, well, it's two NFTs, but they're interconnected because the piece of paper is what, like the piece of the certificate, I should call it, right? The certificate of authenticity is what gives the print its supposed scarcity even though again it's just ink on paper <laughs> that yes. could be printed it was it literally was printed i mean he didn't it wasn't the original drawing it was like a scan of the drawing and then he printed it 21 times like how do you tie that paper to that one thing yeah i know that's that's a whole other thing right like i, I could go and get this printed again and then switch it out <laughs> maybe they're like they're electric <laughs> like their electrons are like Entangled. So, so this goes, you know, yeah, that entanglement, right? So to me, this goes to sort of like one of these philosophical discussions about NFTs and art and um, chain of custody and provenance. It's this question of like, what does it even really mean? You know, this paper that I have that says it's one of 21. Like, should I care about that? Should I value that? Should I show that off to other Bitcoiners when they come to see my art collection? Like, look, I've got one of 21 of Bitcoin Apexes. Uh, you know you're going to. Maybe. <laughs> but so all of this, really, this whole discussion is really, I just wanted to talk about frames, about picture frames. Because you're excited about the thing. So you're going to talk about every little aspect of it. <laughs> Yes. Even, even if it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. So I'm, tr so, but really all I want is I want to get picture frames for these pictures. So these two pictures that I got and I found out that they're size A3. A3, despite it being some sort of standard size is not very common. So at least not in the United States, at least not like where I've been searching. So I'm just finding these horrible, ugly, crappy, cheap looking frames and it's depressing me. Well, don't shop at Walmart. <sighs> uh-huh, chimp. So I found I found a guy or a girl or a they on, it could be a company. <laughs> on, <laughs> it's, a, it's a person, right? Like corporations are people. So I found a corporation on Etsy that, is selling wood frames out of Germany. You in Germany? What the I know, right? <laughs> the problem, of course, is that like the shipping is a bitch. 77 bucks, I think, or somewhere around 70 bucks to ship. So there's no point in buying just one. <laughs> you know, like, well, I'm definitely going to, if, if I order from this Etsy store, it's going to be two. I'm going to have to order for both of the artworks. They got some really cool, and they're so cheap. It's like 40 bucks. 
wonder if they would deliver by balloon. You know it works. Put on your put on your glasses, man. It's uh, you're jumping ahead. Are we, are, do we want to talk about Chinese spy balloons already? <laughs> spy do, balloons. Do we want to talk about them at all? I'm talking about Amazon's new delivery service. Amazon's new <laughs> delivery service. Um, another another terrorist threat to U.S. national security. That's why we had to spend like millions of dollars shooting down. We don't even know what, but maybe they were a ten dollar science experiment. Well, it makes that sense. That was one story. It makes sense that they're saying, "Oh, um, this is." sophisticated technology from outside of the country or something. Yeah, all these chips and everything are made in different... <laughs> they're not made here. So makes- yeah, nothing's made in the United States. So, But to me, the, the odd thing about this story is the fact that after the first one, which they say is a Chinese balloon, they won't admit that any of the other things were balloons. Right. And it's like, well, then what the fuck were they? Pardon my French. Like, what... I don't. I, I just don't get it. like. And if you didn't know what they were, why did you shoot them down? I guess because they could have been bombs, right? Yeah, they could have been nuclear explosives, and then probably blowing them up in the in, wouldn't have been that smart. Anyway, I don't know. It's uh, tough times. <laughs> uh, Panda with the memes. We're in UFO season. Train derailment soon. Yeah, right. Like, is that the distraction? Is that what you? Th- I mean, is yes. that? If it's you're not definitely in- a distraction, but they're not even talking about it that much because the, the train derailment, like, I mean, everyone's being poisoned right now. Like the hundreds of thousands of people are getting cancer right now because of this train derailment. It's kind of sad. Sun gives you cancer. We're all going to die. The sun. I love my son. Does the sun <laughs> give you cancer? I, I mean, yes. What do they call and, it? Uh, they call mel- it mel- no. Melanoma. Yeah. That's the growth. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking sucks. I mean, <laughs> but apparently there's derailments all the time, but not on over, that level. Over a thousand <laughs> a year in this country. Like I had no, I knew, I knew that there were derailments. I knew that there were pipe like leaks and, and breaks and all kinds of things that happened, but they do such a good job at hiding the frequency of it. Like, if we had any idea how often these things happen, we would be freaking out all the time, which is probably one of the reasons why they hide it from us. (laughs) Or even here locally, um, people getting hit by the fucking bullet train. (laughs) No, that's nothing. Comparable would be, like, when when they're dumping wastewater in the bay that when they were supposed to have treated it first. I was driving down Biscayne yesterday or the other day, and I'm thinking, like, Man, I gr- I remember growing up always being used to the weirdest smell here, the nastiest stench. Oh, by Biscayne, like 155th. Yeah, exactly. They treatment. They have a treatment plant there. Well, I mean, the smell isn't like, it's not like how it used to be. Like, I remember like being like worse. 10 and like, oh my God, that stench is putrid. But now it's just like, no, you barely smell it. Well, so what do they do? Is it, oh God, I, I'm not. I don't remember the word, but there's like a phrase they use for like an environmental dump that needs to be treated. And then they kind of like cover it and build stuff on top of it. Is it a, for some reason the word brownstone comes to mind, but I know that's a house type. <laughs> uh, what, what, 
brown something. Super, super, super site. Let me see. Environmental super site. Like there's a environmental super site. List of super fun sites. Super fun sites are polluted locations in the United States requiring a long-term response to clean up hazardous material contaminations. So a whole bunch of areas right around there about by the FIU BBC campus were dumps. Now they were just dump <laughs> chemicals. So and not, and so supposedly they've mitigated the hazardous materials, supposedly, and they're building all kinds of stuff on there. Now this beautiful blue lagoon. Is it Costco? Behind it's next to Costco. They have all these Yeah, but the Costco's on top is oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Like everything is on top of what used to be like a site requiring a long-term response to clean up hazardous material contamination. So that's what you used to smell. And now it's just hidden under the ground and probably seeping into whatever. Who knows? Hopefully but it's not it, killing people. It came into my mind the other day because I smelt it for a second. And you know how smells, at mm -hmm. least for me, really tie into my memories. A flood of memories came through. I'm like, oh, yeah, this used to be a thing. Uh, Panda came in with the word. So it's not brownstone. It's brownfield. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I, I hope no one gets cancer in that area. Um, they won't know until like 20, 30 years later. And, the, and they've tried, bomb. you know, like at one point they wanted to build like an indoor, um, an indoor skiing, an indoor like ice skiing thing, like simulated. I, I don't know. It was some stupid idea. But right here? Yeah. Like in, oh. in North Miami, in that area. They've had all kinds of plans. I mean, politicians have been trying for a long time to get developers to dump money on there. And uh, got them. <laughs> yeah, well, they're getting it. They're getting it. Frank Sulfur and the other dude. <laughs> so I've got a, a special, a somewhat special feature for us. Another follow-up from last week. I have a bag here on, on the table. Why don't you why don't you turn on the light for a little bit? So I, I got a little bit of show and tell. So as I mentioned last week, I bought a bunch of comic books and they have come in. So the first one I want to show you, this one's called WYSIWYG. And you can, if you want, you could open it, but not, none of the people could see it. Although we could stick like the cover on the show notes, I suppose. So you mean on the, um, the chapter art, which yeah, I stopped the doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You can be done later. Oh, or we shit. could pay someone in a... I love how it looks. It's like an old, like... Apple too. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a fictionalized story of a hacker, of like a you know a, a a prodigy hacker during the rise of the internet, and it's supposedly an amalgamation of a bunch of different stories that happened to different hackers. Yeah. The first name Kevin is like I can't remember his name, but he was like um a big freaker. And one of the interesting things in this story, among so many interesting things, is that the character, the main character, Kevin, who is called Boing Thump, that's his like hacker name, Boing Thump, he, um, he can like whistle tones and get computers to think that, you know, that it's, it's talking to another computer so he can like trigger things on phone lines. So that's, that's like a funny. Yeah, it's, it's called freaking. <laughs> it's called freaking? Mm -hmm. There's a whole thing about it. Like someone discovered it. Um, 
in cat there, there was like it's like in the 70s like captain crunch the little toys that, that would come in, in the cereal boxes there'd be these little like plastic things that you could make noises and somebody figured out you could blow that into the phone and um it was the same tone that um that the phone's line used to basically go into um into like the the, the, the broader exchange uh-huh. so then you could like dial out anywhere so if I understood correctly, it had to do with um, the transition from analog to digital. And so in the analog age, the phone lines were were basically looking for a specific tone and a specific tone would trigger a behavior. Whereas now in the digital age, it's not a tone. It would have to be a frequency of, you know, have to be like an information, have to be a specific right. set of data. So that's WYSIWYG, Ed Piscor uh, of Cartoonist Kayfabe. And uh, I like it. One of the things they say in their videos is if if you if you want to support what they do, buy their books. So that's what I'm doing. So next on my show and tell by the same guy at Piscor. This is a bigger book. <laughs> X Men like Grand Design Omnibus. So. What the the Grand Design series, as I believe I mentioned last week, is a retelling of classic comic, like classic Marvel comic book stories, um, in a compressed format. So this covers like the first several decades of the X Men comic books, including the formation of the team, the origins of characters like Professor Xavier and Magneto, um, the Phoenix Saga bunch of other crazy stuff i'm like 130 pages into it it's probably like 500 pages long or i don't know it's a thick book right doesn't doesn't it look thick yeah it's pretty big the the last like 20 percent of the book it's cool is a bunch of sketches and no, i like, love how they page kept layouts. like i love how they kept the old art oh yeah well that's what you know he was trying to kind of mimic that style and that you know he's really showing off his talent as an artist to be able to capture that same same sort of feel. The co- I love the color on this book and look how the white pops out. There's something I would love to understand what that effect is because the whites just pop out like crazy on these pages. Maybe it's because the like originally these comic books would have been printed on pages that were themselves very off white. So to now have these books printed on white pages and then you know so like the 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 borders of the book are in that kind of dull color of the old paper but the whites stick out like a regular white and it's a really fascinating effect to me wolverine's talking to uh, to phoenix he's like red you pickled the jerk's brains <laughs> yeah Crazy. there's a lot it's it's a whirlwind man they, they go through so much in this story so if, you, if you're into x-men if you're into X-Men comic books, which, you know, I don't imagine most people are, but if you are, you know, pick it up. It wasn't that expensive and it's it's a fun read. It's got a bunch of the classic stories, including some of my favorite characters like the White Queen, Emma Frost. I love that character. And now you're getting to the section where they've got like the page layouts and sketches and stuff. And that's really cool, too, because I think it gives you a little bit more context into the creation process. To how... You know his process of how he goes from from an idea to a to a I guess like a sketch and then to the final product. Very cool. 
And then finally, something that I think you're probably going to be a little more interested in. And you can go ahead and rip off the plastic if you want. Whoops. This is Hip Hop Family Tree Volumes oh, yeah, 1 this. and 2. So why don't you go ahead and unbox that little bastard on, on live <laughs> audio. <laughs> you could hear the plastic. Yeah, it's, um, what do they call it? ASMR? Crunch, crunch, crunch. So this is a nice little box set. So it's got a box and it's it's oversized. So it's not the size of a... None of these things are the regular size of a comic book. That's for sure. It's two volumes and I don't know. Like So it's a box. It's a cardboard box. And then I don't know if the books themselves are hardcover or softcover. But if I understand correctly, this is covering the history of hip hop like up to some year. I don't know what year. 75 to 83. He's got a PhD in mixology. <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, I think that's just Ed Piscor's love love letter to hip hop. And uh, he said something interesting that I saw in a video that he published today about how, you know, like when you, when you start like really diving into working and, and producing your own content, like you sort of disconnect from pop culture and from the goings on. And you sort of just live in your own world for a while. And I, I kind of, uh, I think about that a lot, especially when I, when I come across people who are living like a more mainstream life. Um, what do you mean by that? A more mainstream life? Well, so like just, just recently on Twitter, someone had retweeted a picture of like a McDonald's poster and it had something to do with like Cardi B and food. It's like the Cardi B meal or something. And when I read the sign, I thought it said Cardib. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm like asking the person to try to understand what, what their comment about the sign meant. And then they explained to me like, oh, you know, I just thought it was weird that, um, you know, McDonald's would hire the same, you know, designer and be affiliated with the, the wet ass pussy girl, you know, like, and I'm like, wait, what? And so I read the sign again. I'm like, oh, it says the Cardi B meal. And so that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm disconnected from pop culture. Like I, I see the letters Cardi B and I read Cardib because that's what it says. Cardib. There's no dash there. There wasn't like a, a, an easily discernible space. And so, you know, I just live in my own universe. <laughs> Ooh, what's that little book right there? This is one of 100. No, but what is it? Oh, it's just an extension hip hop. Uh, it's another thing. Limited edition ash can? What? No. <laughs> Figure it out later. All right. Well, you know, so uh, I don't know. I'm kind of getting into comic books and I'm like super, super inspired by the hip, uh, by a cartoonist kayfabe. What they do is they've got, you know, they've got their cell phone set up with, uh, with like a little add on camera that they attach to it, I guess to give it a certain aspect ratio or field of view. I don't know. They, they attach an added camera to their phone and they have it pointing down at a table and on the table, they got the comic book. And so when you're watching their videos, you're usually just looking at their hands and, and you're looking at the comic book and then they're turning the pages of the comic book and talking about it. I, I definitely wonder what are the the fair use implications here, you know, so they are definitely doing a kind of uh, 
like critical review of these books. They're talking about the technical like qualities of the production. Um, you know, they're talking about like they are themselves professionals, right? The two guys, Ed Piscor and the other guy uh, whose name I can't remember, but when I get the Hulk book next week, <laughs> I'll know his name. Um, so I, I think there's probably some sort of, you know, like easy, clear, fair use claim on their part because they're doing something like a review. They don't necessarily go through the whole book, but in some of them they do pretty much go through the whole book. So I'm like, I wonder like, what could I get? Like, could I do that? Could I just set up a camera and point it at a table and then open a comic book and start talking about the comic book? Like, would, would I get away with that? I don't know, but I want to try. Cause you remember we went to get all those comic books from California. So I've got several hundred comic books, you know, it would be cool to talk about them. I've read a bunch of them. Um, most of them are from like the eighties. So I think it'd just be an interesting, like nostalgic sort of thing. I, I want to do kind of like a, a, a show where maybe like once a week, I'll just start going through my collection and maybe every week I could feature, I don't know. I don't know, a different comic, a different storyline. I mean, some of the comics I have more issues. Some of them I have less issues. So I don't know what, but I have to figure out a little bit more about what the, what the fair use copyright thing is because I'm not like, I don't want to monetize it. Right. Like I'm not selling the content. So I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I wouldn't worry about it. I would just do it. Yeah. I worry too much. I worry too much. So, you know, if you want to, if, if you're interested in comic books and you want to see me turn pages. It's not like you're putting out like a high quality version of the page you're, it's it's on a camera you know and like yeah i'm not reproducing the pages yeah and it's it's very much stuck to wherever you put the camera and then you know and how much time you want to spend on one yeah. page i mean because i i want to do maybe more of a like a sociological anthropological psychological analysis of the content of the comic books perhaps less than a technical analysis which is what they're kind of doing on cartoonist kayfabe um, I don't know. It's just, I just, I want, I need an excuse to read comic books again, I guess is what it is. And that, that'll be an excuse. So I might try to set up a camera in my room with a good view of a table in the near future. We'll see anything can happen. I support you. Thank you very much, Jim. So I think I'm broke until next month. <laughs> I've like almost maxed out my credit card. Yeah, I know, which is not that big a deal. I mean, I don't have a very large <laughs> line of credit. Um, I don't. I guess the last f- few weeks of work at my last job, I just like left early a lot, took a lot of days off. Um, I think I'm gonna be okay, but you know, I'm just like in this little phase where I gotta like chill. I mean, look, I just pulled out like all these comic books that I just bought. You know, like. I was spending money. And then I'll, the problem is I got all these tools that I talked about last week that I got to buy, you know, but I have 90 days, 80 days. I've got 78 days. So that's, that's more than a month. So I want, I'm going to fix my financial issues and I'm going to buy the tools that I need to buy so that they don't fire me. Yeah. That's something I was, I don't want to say struggle, but like I always have this, Kind of like, you know, like you're always checking the price of Bitcoin or something like I'm always checking 
I use use different credit cards or just different things to pay in the month. And I constantly want to know how much I'm spending and how much I have to pay off. So I so I know how much it's it's going to be in March first to like the dollar. <laughs> it, it just drives me crazy because it's the same thing. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. I want to buy that. It's just like I'm. Con- I don't know why I'm constantly checking my bank account. It's not going to change. <laughs> but like, okay, let me just redo the math. Let me redo the math. Let me redo the math. I'm like, it's this fucking addiction I have. I just gotta like not think about buying shit. But how do you do that? I don't know. Fucking that's... consumer society we live in. I always want to buy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um... Yes, I will definitely buy Bitcoin on the next dip. I'm waiting <laughs> on it. 12k. Let's go. The next dip. I'm always getting a little bit of Bitcoin, so it, it, it comes. It comes. But, but my thing is I don't like paying interest, so I have to pay off the last statement balance. Oh, yeah, I don't like paying interest either. I mean, so that's why it's a little tough this month because I, since I, I drove up, you know, the bill so high, I'm going to have to forego some spending to be able to pay it off. Yeah, Otherwise, I'll have to pay, you know, yeah, it's like whatever. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> Ooh, so this is not financial advice, but our memester in chief panda thinks that we're going to 25k on Sunday. Since I don't believe in psychics, I don't know what's the opposite bet of that. That it's not like so. You want to take a bet, uh, chimp? You want to do a bet for tomorrow? Do it. <laughs> How many sats? A hundred thousand sats? Is that too much? Yeah, it's too much. Ten thousand sats? Damn, what I have in my <laughs> wallet. <laughs> I, uh, what is juice? Panda's charging three points a week on juice. I'm like, what? What? What kind of juice is this? Juicing. Oh man, can I, I got, get some of that? I got sixty-one thousand sats on me. All right, so ten thousand is okay then. Let's do it. All right, so 10, nah, nah, twenty. Twenty thousand sats. So, but which side of the bet are you going to take? That it is or is not going to be twenty-five k on Sunday? I'll go with Panda. Okay, so I'm going to go with it's not going to be twenty-five k on Sunday. Oh, juice interest. But I don't get it. You charge, you charge three points a week on juice. So you're charging three points a week on interest. I, I don't really quite understand what you're saying, Panda. Are you saying that your interest rate is 0.03? So 3%? And then who, who are you giving loans to, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, actually a pimp. No. Yep. No. I found out the truth. <laughs> He, he's he's pimping money apparently. Pimping them hoes in West Florida. <laughs> oh no! It's mostly old people over there. So, <laughs> oh man, you got that geriatric whorehouse going on. <laughs> so, oh man, and of course he gets that uh, the the pimp gif coming up, or is it gif? Oh, I can't think right now. So it's Definitely graphical gif. gif yeah. yeah. So I wanted to t- to have a brief discussion. Oh man, we're st- we're not going to get to all the topics again. It's okay. We can go to ten thirty. It's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to. It's, I don't want to say much. But on, let me grab a beer. We're going to go to ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can still hear me. So I'm gonna. So I, I want to say something. I don't. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to start a debate. I just want to. St- to promote a discussion and it's about a new sexual orientation i don't know how new it is but at least in our pop culture i think it's pretty new a quick search so don't hold me to this but a quick search apparently calls this 
gynandromorphophilia. And this is this is what this is. When a cisgendered man, so that's like a man, someone who was, as we say, born a man and who also identifies as a man. That's what, that's what cisgender means. So a cisgendered man who is attracted and seeks the relationship or sexual interaction with male to female transgender people. And I find it a fascinating phenomena because let's say a hundred years ago, we wouldn't even be discussing male to female transgender people in public. Like this would not be a topic of public discussion. Now, again, I'm not trying to make a debate about this. I'm just trying to bring up the discourse. But hold on. So first let's, let's focus on trans women, which are male to female, right? Yes. Is this, I guess the traditional trans, uh, trans woman where, okay, question is pre-op or post-op, does it matter? Does it count? Because, because uh, no, I, feel so, like, I feel like so nowadays, it, what it is is it's um it's it's that's irrelevant. It has to do well. Okay, I'm not trying to start a debate. So if if anyone's listening to this and you are, you know, an expert or you have some very strong opinions about the proper way to do these things, you go ahead and boost us and let us know. I'm just telling you my perspective. I in in what the topic that I'm bringing up of this sexual orientation is when. They are attracted to someone appearing as a female. So it's like it, the extent to which they can pass, the extent to which they they can behave in a manner that is in like a mainstream way considered female. So the you know the operation is irrelevant. Like uh, the operation's irrelevant. Um, but uh, and, uh, but the person with the attract the person because I'm not talking about the transgender person I'm talking about I know, the, I know, the I supposedly know, I know. I straight it. guy. Okay, <laughs> so the supposedly straight supposedly straight guy, do they realize it's it's a trans woman? Like for the attraction to work, they have to realize it's a trans woman. Yes, uh, so I'm saying like this is the sexual orientation. Like these, there are people who if if they felt like you weren't going to attack them or like kill them or something, they would admit that they are specifically seeking out the relationship with a trans woman. And when you think about it, it's like for someone into that, that's gotta be like a pretty big, um, like you don't have a lot of competition. Who doesn't have a lot of competition? The, the supposed to be straight guy. Uh, well, again, but this is, I mean, I, I don't think it would be a sexual orientation. No, definitely not. If, it wasn't becoming like a prevalent thing. So there is competition. There's definitely competition. Okay, I see what you're saying. But but less so than <laughs> traditional, I would say. Yeah, but it's a microcosm, right? Like, because there's also not as many trans women as there are cis women. That's how, that's how they make it seem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you check the boosts? <laughs> No boost as of yet. But oh, yeah, so oh, lit Lakota, <laughs> lit Lakota. Oh so no! If you go into the podcastindex.org, our friends 
Adam and Dave and all of podcasts. 2.0. Podcasting Podcasting Index. Podcasting 2.0. Social. And you look up Saturday Night Lit, you'll find us. And then you also find a podcast by someone named Lit Lakota, (laughs) which is some Zoomer somewhere, you know, like, I don't know, Montana or somewhere. (laughs) Well, I don't want to say, I don't don't want to like ageify this person. I've I've listened to the podcast. And they told you how old they were? Okay, so, but they haven't uploaded in more than a year, or maybe it's been two years. I don't remember when it was. If they if they come back and they have a problem with our name, we can definitely talk about that. Well, they're Lakota. They're used to being oppressed <laughs> and having contracts <laughs> reneged. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm one of the land-backed people, so... They're uh, expecting it. Like, see, so since I'm a land-backed person, do I think they should have their podcast name back and my name back also (laughs) but i'm definitely land back so if you are an indigenous person you know you have a complacent ally in me i will sit here and opine all day captain brunch (laughs) the ally anyway little lakota says holy shit pokesats looks amazing Thank you guys for telling me about pokesats.com and the upcoming ordinals collection going on sale february 27th P.S. Saturday Night Lit was my idea, but it's okay. Heart, heart, heart. <laughs> we love you too. We Thank you, Lit. Too. So, February 27th. That settles it. The Lakota is cool with it. Yeah. So, um, Twitter, you know, I know you're not on Twitter, and God bless you for it. I can imagine that maybe in the near future, I will also not be on Twitter. Finally. I can imagine. I'm what are you going to do with I'm the tweet deck? I'm not saying it's going to happen. Um, but I can imagine. And the reason is because Elon Musk has not made Twitter better. That's going to free up a whole screen of yours. What are you going to do with that third screen? I don't know. Well, right now I've only got two screens running off my desktop anyway. Because since I switched to Linux, the, the graphics card isn't working properly and I haven't fixed it yet. So I've only got really two active screens. Damn, that sucks. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. Three screens was too many anyway. I was way too distracted. Um, So one of the things he did recently was that Twitter, they kind of had this slightly hidden button that you could press to choose between two feed layouts. One of the feed layouts was a chronological. So as things got posted, it was just listed in backwards order, right? Most recent to the latest. And then the other option was like some algorithmic, you know, feed that was supposedly to to increase you know uh your interaction with twitter okay and i hate that shit so i would always switch it to the chronological timeline because i don't want them fucking with my timeline i want to see what the people are posting at the moment that i'm looking that's that's what i want to see well like i said it used to be this hidden button and then you would switch it if you switched it from one to the other it would like stay that way pretty much forever well recently he he removed it from being he switched it, I should say, from being a kind of a hidden button to now being these two huge tabs that take up the whole app. One of the tabs says, for you. And the other tab says, following. What? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, well, that's a, some dumb shit. So the for you is the algorithm. And then of the course. following is is the people who you're actually following. And then the algorithm posting, knows what's best for you. Yeah, what's best for you. <laughs> So that was that was like when I said I'm like damn like what are you doing Elon what are you doing, but then the other thing. Recently, 
Twitter went down. Twitter went down, not for everybody, but for like a lot of people, it was like messed up. It had something. So they were, they were trying to implement something. And I actually got an error message when I tried to post a tweet. It said, you've posted too many tweets today. You've reached your limit. I'm like, what? (laughs) So what I, you've reached your limit, citizen. What I think is that they were probably doing some, some, um, like testing in the background for, like a new system where if you don't pay for Twitter, you have a maximum number of tweets that you can do per day. And then maybe they just accidentally made it live. That'd be hilarious. I like that. <laughs> well, I never saw what came of it. Cause you know, eventually Twitter came back up again, but I, you know, I don't want to be involved in any of this shit. I don't want to have to wonder what the hell happened to Twitter. Like what's wrong with Twitter? Well, obviously you're going to have to pay the $8 or whatever it is a month. For a year, I don't know what it is. Fuck no. So unlock unlimited tweets. Okay, but but you know what's the alternative? I, I I think you know these kinds of things have further encouraged the growth of Noster. What were then, you gonna say? So then you won't be able to do threads, right? Where, when, why? Like, let's say you wanted to like. Oh, like, I mean, if your thread could kill all of your posts, like you could right. you like, if you had too many posts in the thread, it wouldn't post the whole thread. It'll like post the first 20 and then the last 10 is like, you know, not now you must recharge your account. Ugh. The thing is nothing. But if you could pay for, with Bitcoin, would you? No. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. I mean, I'm still... I, I'm looking forward to something interesting coming out of something like Noster because it's a protocol. So someone is going to take this protocol and turn it into a really good product. And hopefully that product will be coming to my embassy pro in the near future. I don't know. Also to capstone another discussion we've been having is I'm still bullish on AI, but you know, I was reading the X-Men comic that um, X-Men what is it called? Grand Design, and they, they, you know, they were. I was going over the uh, the story of the Sentinels. Do you do you, remember, do you know what the Sentinels were? And so they were created by like the government, essentially, to police the mutants. But then they went crazy, and they killed a bunch of people they weren't supposed to kill. And then the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the same shit's going to happen with AI. <laughs> Obviously, right? Like that's what Terminator is about. And that's what a bunch of movies are about. Skynet? It's about us creating robots that can supposedly make their own decisions. Except that they have the physical capacity to destroy human beings. (laughs) And so, you know, what happens when you you set one of those kinds of things free in the world? Um, Maybe in the beginning, it's not going to be like RoboCop or something like that. It'll probably be more like just people relying on the information that the AI gives them and then making horrible decisions and using the AI as an excuse. So all of the bad stuff that the AI does, like being racist or maybe having limited information, or if what if the AI is relying on like the media to get the news and the media is lying about the news, like that sort of a thing. So you're going to use the AI and ask them to give you facts, but then the facts that they're giving you are all based on fictions invented by the government to 
manipulate the world. So I, I just, you know, I think that many people are going to be able to use AI as a great productive tool, but I think there's going to be a lot of boondoggles. So then if it's going to depend on the source of information, we should start amassing some sort of open source <laughs> information. <laughs> yeah. And then that way the AI can just use that. If someone can manage to get in there and control it. Well, I mean, I think it's always going to, there's going to be the factor of how, how much control are you taking of your life, of your software, of your devices versus how much control are you giving away to third parties? And so people who are super dependent on these centralized services, like, am I dependent on Twitter? I wouldn't say I'm dependent, but I'm definitely... Takes up an entire screen on your computer. <laughs> You call it the uh, well, not really deck. anymore. It, now it's like a tab. Again, I mean, my you know my my behavior's changed a little bit, but it's just a tab. We didn't. We, did, we, we weren't able to talk about the State of the Union last week, were we? No. Do you know anything about the State of the Union? Just what I heard on No Agenda, and I think I was listening to useful idiots talk about it. That's pretty much it. So the thing I wanted to talk about the State of the Union, it had to do with the heckling and it's like, like these, these different kind of narratives that are going on. And so one of the narratives was that the Republicans were heckling Joe Biden over the notion that he claimed, or I mean, they were heckling Joe Biden because he claimed that there were some Republicans proposing to cut Medicare and Social Security. Or is it Medicaid? I don't know. One of the two. But Social Security. So they're all heckling him, and Marjorie Taylor Greene stands up and calls him, you're a liar! So all this craziness goes on, and then Joe Biden's like, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that you don't want to cut Social Security and Medicaid, right? And it's like, oh, great. I'm glad we all agree. So he turned the heckling thing into a win in a way. And then I even heard uh, Karine Jean-Pierre bring it up again, you know, at some sort of press conference saying, well, as the Republicans all, you know, agreed at the State of the Union. So the Democrats have this narrative that, you know, well, the Republicans say they're not going to cut Social Security and Medicaid. And then so if the Republicans do anything that, that can be construed in that way, the Democrats are going to be able to use that as some kind of like pathetic, you know, leverage. Yeah. The Republicans, on the other hand, the, the narrative that they have is that they heckled Joe Biden because he's a liar and he's trying to divide the nation. And in a way, I think a lot of a lot of the base, like the Republican base was probably like excited or, um, you know, there's something exciting about seeing all these people like basically saying, um, let's go, Brandon, during the the state of the union. I mean, they didn't say that, but that's essentially like no president had ever been heckled like that. Obama was called a liar, but by one person, it wasn't like a whole half of the room screaming at him at the same time. So, so those are like, those are the two political narratives, but then there's a third narrative. We're falling apart. <laughs> what? We're falling apart. Well, Yeah. Right. Like, so that's what I think the public is probably going to receive. So the general public is just going to see that our country is in disarray. 
that the Democrats and the Republicans are very far apart, that they're, they're not going to be able to uh, govern together. Um, and so I, I think what, what, let me see what I had written down specifically. I put, is the union collapsing, just like you said, fall apart, or is all the heckling and indecorum planned? You know, like, was, was, did the Democrats and Republicans even collude, you know, to have that moment so that the, the Republicans could have their kind of moment, but then the Democrats could have their kind of moment? And then, I, and then I ask, isn't it the same thing to the public? The public doesn't know what's really going on or what their intentions really are or whether it's planned or not planned. But all they see is whatever the news media is going to show. And what they're going to show is like, oh, look what the Republicans, you know, did. Like they heckled Joe Biden. Or if you were watching like Fox News, they're probably going to say, look at Joe Biden lying about the Republicans. Like whatever, you know, so it's. Cannon fodder. Yeah. And it's sad. It's sad. Why do, why do we still take this stuff seriously? I wonder what the ratings <laughs> for the State of the Union were. I, probably not very good. Probably not very good at all. And it says Biden was installed. He was not elected. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, most presidents are installed. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we have an electoral college system. So, like, I don't know. The electoral college system might be corrupt. <clears throat> the electors might have been chosen in a corrupt manner. But... I also think the Republicans and the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are themselves corrupt. And I think that they're corrupt in a manner that is so deep seated and fundamental that they are much more likely to be colluding and cooperating with each other than actually competing with each other. So the idea that Biden was installed, perhaps, but if he was installed, he was installed by the majority of the people who are in power. Otherwise, I don't know. I feel like things would be crazier right now. It's again, it's not to say that I think any of this is legitimate. I don't. Farce. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought it was legitimate. If Trump became president either, I would still think it was a farce. And I was, I would still think that Trump was installed and not elected because I certainly didn't elect him. (laughs) Maybe you did Panda, but I didn't. So, uh, you know, I don't know whose vote, whose vote counts, whose vote is real and whose vote is not real. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I didn't vote for either of them. So, well, <laughs> neither did I, but that's what I'm saying. Right. So it's like, I, I didn't vote. Period. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I did vote. I think I, I, oh gosh, should I admit, have I already admitted this on, 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 you voted, you voted, you voted for Hillary? No, I wrote a name in though. Oh, okay. And it was a joke name. Jesus? No, I put, um, what was his name? I put Bernie, <laughs> I put Captain Bernie Brunch. Sanders. <laughs> I voted for Bernie Sanders for president. It was like a, it was like a protest vote. 2016? No, like just now. Oh. Yeah. I wrote in Bernie Sanders because I figured, you know, like I hate the Republicans, I hate the Democrats, but that's the only way I can kind of say fuck you to the system because Bernie Sanders was a shill and he had no, like, gosh, it's so sad. You know, he got all these progressives and gets them all excited and they're all like, yeah, man, Bernie Sanders. And then they get to the conference and then Bernie Sanders is like, we gotta vote for Hillary. And so then they all vote for Hillary or whoever it was, yeah. 
Oh, I mean, this time it was, I mean, did, did Bernie even run again this time? I don't, I don't know. I think so. I don't know. I guess it was, I guess I was like traumatized by 2016. And just like that video, if you look up that video where Bernie is conceding, he looks like he's being abused or something. Like it, they got to take that video and like cut out the rest of the thing and like put him like in a, in an Afghani cave or something. Cause it looks like, you know, he's being tortured and he's got like a gun pointed at him. It's like, read what's on the paper or we're going to shoot you. And so he's like, okay, I'll, I'll vote for Hillary. There's someone underneath the podium just squeezing his balls. <laughs> well, it wasn't even, he wasn't even at the podium. It was like they brought him a microphone to his seat in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was pathetic. It was really, really sad because you got like this old man. He looks cold. He's wearing like, if I remember correctly, he was wearing a jacket and he's like, he looks cold and he's like holding this microphone and then he's telling his, you know, yeah, yeah, we got to vote for Hillary. I'm like, this is sad. This is sad. A chump. I don't even know what happened this time. Well, I'm pretty sure Panda's not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> she made that admission on lit, on lit audio. Yeah, so, you know, I was like one of 12 people who voted for Bernie Sanders in the 2020 presidential election. Oh, this was collusion. <laughs> it was a conspiracy. Russian, it was Russian collusion because the Russian bots told me to do it. That makes sense. Yeah, pretty much. One more thing. I got one more thing I really want to talk about. I better last 27 minutes. Well, we could. We definitely could. <laughs> I mean, Panda, I definitely didn't vote for Bernie because I, I was supporting him. It was it was just a, a joke vote. And man, don't even get me started on Elizabeth Warren and the whole Bitcoin energy thing. Like, ugh. I don't even want to have this discussion. I mean, we have this discussion all the time. I remember last week, it's like, name a single industry that doesn't use energy. Like, what what are you people talking about? Like, we use cell phones. That doesn't, aren't we? Like, what about, like, do you use hot water? What about, like, the roads, cars? What about banking? The internet, like every single aspect of our life uses energy. This is this is the hallmark of civilization. It's like the, the manipulation and the regulation of the use of energy to maximize our ability to want things. <laughs> Everything uses energy and we don't ever sit there and debate how much energy things use. But Bitcoin is useless, so... <laughs> <laughs> we need energy for all the other things like hot water like you know, and banking i mean we've got like and hearing oh aids. my god so many useless things like i had ice cream before the show i mean that's useless but i enjoyed it i mean it's useless to all the other people on the planet except for me and maybe like the few people who are working at the cold stones creamery and the owner do they still jingle the bell when you walk in? No, no, when you tip them? They didn't see me tip them. Uh, what? You got to say, hey, I tipped you. You're supposed no. to sing a song. No, I'm okay with Don't that. Don't do that anymore? They might, but... This, this country's going to shit. This country's... Oh, it's a little late for that. It's, it's too late 
baby now it's too late now we have real music on oh yeah You guys rug pull me on my boosts again. I'm going to take you to court over infringement of my IP. Hit me up on Pokestats Discord. Let's trade. Roar. <laughs> Pokestats Discord. Find the link. Uh, I guess you're talking too much shit to probably the somewhere on Pokestats.com. What? Pokestats.com? Pokestats.com. Go there right now. It's all this fucking Pokestats talk. Yeah, links. check it out. See, see if it... I, I thought it was pretty good looking, you know? Squirty. <laughs> Hash King. And they already had one auction uh, for one of the Pokesets. Ordix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Ordix. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a community for people who are, you know, fans of Pokemon. Oh, uh, Mr. Meme. And Bitcoin. Whenever Panda's birthday, I'm going to get him the Mr. Meme po- uh, Pokeset. You can afford it. What? <laughs> shoes. Like, jo- how about Jordan shoes or like Yeezy shoes? No one, No one ever ever argues that like that's a waste of energy like yeezy shoes are hurting the environment jordan's shoes are causing climate change have you ever heard that yeah really (laughs) every time people talk about shoes i tell them this is the dumbest shit in the world (laughs) 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 always and everyone looks at me like what the fuck's wrong with you we're just trying to resell these shoes for like 10 times the price yeah but you see you see what i'm saying but but what I'm asking is, do you ever bring up the fact that it, the energy, like it takes energy. I mean, they have to, to get the, the materials for the shoes. They got to get people in third world countries to go to sweatshops to like construct the shoes. Then they got to uh, send them over on some, you know, container ship that's not up to standard. Maybe it's going to sink on the way over. There's a lot of energy goes into that. And no one ever says that we need to... We need to boycott and regulate and ban the novelty shoe trade because energy, global warming. So don't say it about my Bitcoin. That's all I'm going to say. If, if you're going to tell me that Bitcoin is bad for the environment, I'm going to tell you to go take it up with Kim Kardashian and her like millions of Instagram followers, get them to stop wasting the fucking energy on all the bullshit that they love to buy. And then I'll consider telling you to shut the fuck up about my Bitcoin. But at least they donate to charity. <laughs> does, does Bitcoin donate to charity? 
Bitcoin is a charity. Bitcoin is the charity that's going to save humanity from itself. Speaking of charities, you can boost us on a modern podcast app. Podcastapps.com. <laughs> yeah, so did you hear that? Did you listen to the new podcast um, index show? Podcast 2.0? I love the... Yeah, I was just finishing it. I didn't finish it, but um, I got, to, I got to, to, to the boost, so pretty much the end. Yeah, so they, I mean, they so someone acquired podcastapps.com for yeah. that, and that's nice. I love the the, the the guest, though, they had. He's, he was pretty cool. Yeah, he was interesting. Very he was, engaged. He was a fun, a fun guest. And, you know, that was that was a cool thing about the AI that he said. So it was like you, you get the transcripts of the podcast. So then you could do like contextual searches. Like, okay, yeah. like I want to find in this podcast a specific discussion they have. Like, tell me the episode. Tell me the timestamp. Find it. That's mu- much easier to do at least with the technology that exists today with the text transcript versus trying to have an AI sort through the audio. Oh yeah. And then I love the example we gave or oh, um, instead of doing a, a Q and a, see if the question's already been asked, mm-hmm. well, you don't have to waste your time. It makes so much sense. So much fucking sense. Yeah. So to me, like how do we, I, I, I'm fascinated by how we're going to get more and more of that. That's what I mean by I'm bullish on AI because the capacity to make more and more tools that that's you know that that bring more utility that that allow us to pull the important information from these troves of data as opposed to you know manually sifting through it like trying to find Matt, so many times i've i've tried as well Chapters help a lot. Like the the creation of the chapters in podcasting 2.0 helps so much. But before that existed, I used to try to find like a, a, a certain point in a podcast. Like, oh man, there was like this thing that he said. What? Where was it? Where was it? And it takes forever. Like, you know, because there's a part of it is unless you're going to listen and, and it's happened before where I've had to listen to pretty much the whole, a whole podcast episode over again, which is like, you know, not a big tragedy or anything, but I've had, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know how much energy that wastes. Oh man. Yeah. We got to We got to end the podcast industry. What a, it's bad. Global warming. No, it's climate change. Now they don't call it global warming anymore because All right, it's not true. It's, it's not true, but so, I honestly haven't heard of global warming since like, I was in middle school, so yeah. Because <laughs> what they realize is that the is that it's a stupid name for the phenomena they're trying to describe. <laughs> because it's not just warming; it's like everything. It's it's like warmer and it's colder, and the storms are worse. Worse. <laughs> okay, but, but so the thing I wanted to talk about, the thing that I wanted to talk about, was the Nord Stream. To pipeline and, and Seymour Hirsch and the Seymour Hirsch story, whether or not the United States destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline, and and this this silly absurd way that like U.S. State Department or different like you know uh, the Department of Defense officials, the way that they respond to journalist questions, basically saying. You know, like, oh, I'm, you know, we're not going to entertain, you know, lies and Russian propaganda. And it's like, what, like, how fucking dumb are the people that they're talking to? Because they're not talking to me, obviously, because it, it, 
why they wouldn't waste their breath saying that on on you or I, but they're obviously talking to someone. Like there's someone in this universe that they're trying to communicate the lie that Russia supposedly blew up this pipeline on which they were expecting to derive billions and billions and billions of dollars of profit. Obviously we did it. We knew we did it. Like so many Americans were like, yeah, duh, we did it. And then they've got those clips of Joe Biden saying that he could do it. And then you've got those clips of people like Victoria Nuland saying how happy they are that it was done. So it's like, I don't get it. How are you going to have the State Department say that this is a great thing that the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is destroyed, but then the Defense Department saying that, that it was Russia aggressing against Europe? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So we're living in a strange, bizarro world, a very strange, bizarro world. And I, guess, I guess it's just for the, um, just for the official soundbite on TV. Because there's someone who definitely listened to it, but like, oh yeah, that's what that's what they're saying. That, that that must be what it is. Like someone I work with, I can imagine like he's listening to that. I'm like, oh yeah, who, who the hell is? Seymour Hirsch. No, no, that guy's crazy. No. They said that it's bullshit. So, of course not. Said it was the Russians. And at at some point, one of these kind of false flags are going to be used as an excuse to just further escalate the war. And I still remain somewhat terrified of the USA being pulled in more directly. So, they've recently reaffirmed that U.S. special forces are going to be on the ground in Ukraine. That just seems bizarre to me. Like, what, like how, whether they're special forces or whether they're frontline infantry or whether they're, um, what do they used to call them? The, the uh, advisors, <laughs> military advisors. That was like the line back in Iraq or Afghanistan. It's like, no, we're not, we don't have uh, troops on the ground. We've got advisors advising them. Training them. Like, okay, like, it's all the same. It's all the same. Like, we're there already. It's just, it's just a matter of our public is not of the mind that we should be, that we should publicly admit that we're there, I guess, is the thing about it. And so, even though there are probably thousands of Americans already over there, like unofficially, like not as not as part of the military, but just, you know, volunteers. And then we've got hundreds, you know, of special forces. What are they doing? I don't know. Mercenaries. And mercenaries. So, you know, uh, I just, I want peace on earth and goodwill to men. How, how do we get there? How do we do that? Bitcoin? Yeah, you better <laughs> solve the energy all crisis. Hell's going to break loose, and you better buy a Bitcoin, or you're going to need a Bitcoin. Yeah, I think a lot of people still don't want. They still trust what the TV says too much. So the idea that the TV is lying to you would like break their brain too much. So or it would just put them in a weird state. So they're just like, no. But if you if like let's say if you were to go to a Democrat who watched MSNBC. And you were to say, hey, you know, last night Fox aired a story that was full of lies. 
the, the CNBC watcher would be like, yeah, yeah, man, Fox News, they're a bunch of liars. And then if you went to a Republican who was watching Fox News all the time, you said, hey, man, CNBC ran a story last night that was full of lies. You'd be like, yeah, 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 CNBC, they're a bunch of liars. Yeah, but there's still like a dualism going on there. As long as yes. I'm not watching the bad guys, but, you know, in general, all of it's bullshit to a certain extent, but you don't know which part. You have to like look, look into it deeper and you still can't trust it. That's what drives people crazy. That's for sure. So, yeah, I, I definitely think so. But um, and that has, again, has to do with like that, that question of, I mean, in the end, does it really matter? Like, it doesn't matter that you've got two opposing views on the TV. What matters is that the person watching one particular channel believes that channel and the person watching another particular channel believes that channel. Um, one really interesting thing that Seymour Hirsch brought up, and it's something that we've been talking about certainly here and you know, the, a lot of other people have been talking about it, is this, the fact that the United States was willing to let Europe suffer without energy for the sake of this war. Like, in fact, probably if Europe and Russia were able to maintain trade, especially oil trade, that would probably de-escalate the war more than anything. Because the further the war escalates, the less trade goes on. And Russia wants trade. I mean, I understand why the, you know, a lot of people don't want to trade with Russia. Um, you know, again, I'm not trying to debate them on the topic of whether it's legitimate or not to trade with Russia. But if you're starving, if you're freezing, if you're whatever, you don't really have too much of a choice, right? Like, I don't... I don't have a choice to pay 7% sales tax when I want to buy groceries. I'm not going to start a revolution in a Publix or a Costco over that. You know, like I'm just going to buy my food and go home. And so I think it's the same thing. Like if you're freezing in Eastern Europe, why don't you just buy some Russian oil? Oh, no, you can't now. <laughs> or, you know, like you can't as much as you could. So that's kind of messed up. And I feel really, really bad for the Europeans. But at the same time, fuck the EU. Who cares? <laughs> like, you know, they had they had centuries and centuries to fix their shit and to get everything in order. And look at the state of the world. It's all their fault anyway. So, you know, you reap what you sow. I don't want anyone to die, but it's your fault anyway, Europe. Are you being anti-imperialist right now? Uh, partly. Um, anti-colonialist you know like there we go come on come on like you know europe invaded a bunch of countries that had oil and so the, how come they don't have oil now well because they invaded a bunch of countries that had oil they didn't establish like free trade relationships like mutual you know mutually beneficial trade no they established like these colonial exploitive relationships and so now it's just you know like these countries like hot potatoes just switch from one hand to the other and it's not in their hands now. Like, it's in our hands. Like, Saudi Arabia is in our hands, though they are absolutely entertaining more trade with Russia and China, which is something that concerns us. What about um, China in Africa? What about China? Yeah, it's another example, right? Like, because they're willing to do trade as opposed to just like, oh, well, we're Europe. You have to trade with us. And then China's like, oh, well, we're China and we're going to give you best price. And so the Africans are like, we'll take best price over we're Europe. 
Yeah, and I've seen a few, um, a few like communist publications being very positive on on the Chinese African relationship and how it's very like, oh, they're you know they're coming over here and uplifting us and blah blah blah. And <laughs> that's definitely propaganda. Oh yeah, it's but I mean. It, uh, what kind of propaganda is it? It's just CCP propaganda. And, you know, they are economic imperialists. But I would rather an economic imperialist than just a violent imperialist. Because at least there there is, you know, trade going on. It still sucks. You're still being exploited. Your natural resources are getting exported. But when it when it's trade-based, at least you're theoretically getting something in return. Yeah, but only some people are, yeah. and that's just like raising some well, people to the top, and then new. everyone else in the shitter. Yeah, it's nothing new. Creating but, a, a boule. <clears throat> but by having more, and I know that it's it's always awkward to have a bunch of foreigners in your country establishing like their own. You know, they're they're like their own colony, which is essentially what they do, right? So you have these Chinese who come in and they have these multinational corporations that set up shop and they import a bunch of Chinese workers. And then there's like this weird cultural divide, obviously, between the Chinese and then the locals amongst so many other things, right? Like economic divides, language barriers. Well, um. We're seeing how there's like um, there's some some Africans. I think what was it Nigeria or a, a couple of countries using more Bitcoin. So it'll be interesting to see if um, Bitcoin and communist China clash in Africa. It will be interesting to see that. I Bitcoin, stable coins, and a lot of cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of activity in Africa. Nigeria is definitely a hotbed for a lot of that stuff, um, and it certainly would be an issue because. A free market money will give, you know, intelligent, ambitious people the ability to make the kinds of deals that the Chinese don't approve of. And but there's nothing that they can do about it unless they want to expend a bunch of resources trying to crack down. And it's not their country, so that can that could that could cause issues. Um, like you know, if the African people were doing. Uh, deals with Chinese people under the table to do to like to get imports from China, but under the table and using Bitcoin as payment. There's all kinds of ways that Bitcoin could really cause issues. I've I've um, I've wondered or hypothesized in the past about the potential or what could happen if China were to fork Bitcoin, actually to sort of like to have a CCP Bitcoin. Because um, perhaps the, you know, it might come to a point that they will see the inherent utility of Bitcoin and its superiority as a monetary asset and decide to use that as some kind of, you know, reserve currency or some sort of currency for people who, I don't know, but essentially like on the other side of their great firewall. So they fork the Bitcoin and then they have like, which is the cool thing about the idea is that if you were on good terms with the CCP, then you could go to China and then you could spend your CCP Bitcoin in China and then you'd still have your regular Bitcoin outside of the outside of China, you know, because the fork would double your Bitcoin. 
thing. And someone make a bridge from Bitcoin to CCP Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might probably be a black market for it. CCP coin. But it's something that I've thought of. I always thought a nation state or a bank would fork. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, it makes a lot of sense because you imagine if Bitcoin were to reach a certain point, like if it's a market cap of 10 trillion or 100 trillion or whatever, it's just some arbitrary number, but it'll, it'll reach a point where they're like, damn, this is very useful, but we don't want to allow, you know, all these, it's like when Kevin O'Leary said that he didn't want to accept, he didn't want his businesses to accept CCP Bitcoin. Well, so I can imagine the CCP saying, we don't want any of bald Kevin Leary's, you know, shitty Bitcoin either. So it, we're only going to allow CCP Bitcoin in CCP and none of that Kevin Leary garbage, you know, Mr. Miracle or Mr. Clean. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> well, you definitely send a letter over to... Mr. Xi Jinping, let him know your ideas. Xi, you need to fork. CCP coin. Hey, I'm bullish on CCP coin. Me too. I'm going to sell them all for Bitcoin. And get some Pokesets. Panda, I'm going to have my great trade day. You just wait. China's going to give it to me. Pokesets.com. Thank you for spending Saturday night with us or whenever it was that you listened to this. This is Champ and Captain Brunch signing out.